Hey, I'm Drew. Welcome to Movies and Mocha's Caffeinated Film Talks. This is where we drink coffee and discuss our favorite movies. Each week, one of my friends and I will talk about a different movie. So brew your favorite coffee, relax, and let's get started. Uh, today we're with Hope Kitsman again, and we are talking about the best cinematic masterpiece ever, Avengers Endgame. Ex- yes. Yes, Ooh. we are. They broke the internet debt that day when tickets went on sale. I remember that. Do you remember? Like, the comp- like every ticket-selling yeah. website broke down. Like, the internet itself stalled. Oh, my word. Because so many people were buying tickets. And the or Avengers movies. They have so much power. <laughs> Marvel had... They oh broke yeah. the internet. <laughs> They've, they broke the internet anytime a trailer came out. Their trailers are epic, though. And Marvel is really good about changing the trailers. They're very deceptive. Like, there are things in the trailers that are fake-outs on purpose for what they put in the DVDs. In w- or for what they put in the movie. Sneaky. And so you never know what's real or what's fake. Or yeah. what like what's to throw you off. And I was like, he, I was like, okay, first, I was in so much denial because I didn't want Tony to die. He, he just can't. They can't kill him off. It would be horrible. Uh... And so that's, like, the first thing you see is he's starving to death in space, about to suffocate. And, like, no, you can't do that, especially because that's his greatest fear. Space is his biggest fear. Man. Dying in space. Man. That messed him up, too. It's awful because he is alone in the one situation he feared the most. Yeah. And, yeah. For him to then come back. And then the nerve. Okay, I understand Captain America has an agenda, but, like, come on. Do you really? I understand. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, give him some time to, like, recover. He just nearly died. Which part are you talking about? In space. Well, like... Getting off the plane yeah, or at so the table? When he gets off and then they... Um, so, so getting off the plane... I don't think there was an agenda. I think it was more of, oh my gosh, Tony's actually alive. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Not at the plane. I'm talking like when the table. When they're in the conference room? Um, when they go to his house in the log cabin and he has his daughter. And I'm like. Let's g- let's pause on that one. Okay. Because there's we'll come so back much to about that. that that I love. So much. Um, but like that conference room scene at the beginning. Oh, when man. Tony's sitting in the wheelchair hooked up to the IV drip. Uh. That was very much, I feel like, kind of an agenda for Captain America. Yeah. Like, I mean, I. But, l- but what I love is the script had Tony forgiving Steve and then being all buddy buddy with him again. Aww. And then Robert Downey Jr. was like, that's not what would happen. He would be mad. This is the first time he's seen him since Civil War. He would be really angry that everything he warned them about would come true. Yeah. So that whole interaction was completely impromptu. Meaning, wow. The reaction that Steve Rogers gave was Chris Evans' real reaction cuz he didn't know that was going to happen. Man. Like those lines like him calling him a liar and just like all of that was completely impromptu. A lot of Robert Downey Jr.'s scenes mm-hmm. were actually impromptu in Endgame. Oh, yeah. And probably for most of like his A lot of his movies. movies. <laughs> Which is there's one interview I saw that was talking about when the judge came out, which is a great, really great movie. I've, I've heard of it. I've never seen it. It's 
very good with saying that there was an interview um that I remember watching that that was also one of the first movies that Downey Productions helped produce mm-hmm. and I remember there was an interview they were saying where it was like Susan actually yelled at him he's like stick to the script this time this is the one Ooh. movie you can't deviate from it's too mm-hmm. serious and too important man but like that shows like every movie he does he just is like nah this is better <laughs> <laughs> and normally it is I like that so yeah um w- and so Endgame with that in Endgame like that that was definitely one of those scenes where it's like this is this is much better there were a couple raw reactions. Mm-hmm. Tom Holland. Every every reaction for Tom Holland is just raw. Well, the reason is they, did they don't <laughs> show him they anything. Didn't tell him anything, <laughs> which is smart. He's getting better, apparently. Yeah, but oh he my says goodness, he's getting better. Watching him. Okay, let's. I don't want to just talk about the moment when Tony passed on, but oh, oh, that Man. ripped my heart out. But it, his reaction to so him good. crying. When you have to think about it. From his point of view, yeah, he got dusted. Maybe five minutes have passed for him. Yeah, he's waking back up and getting thrown into a battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing he remembers is feeling like he's gonna die in Tony's arms, and then he's hyped up on adrenaline, so it's all kind of going really fast. And the next thing you know, Tony's dead. Man, and there he is. But another thing about Tom Holland. Not only did they not tell him anything with the script, the scene where it was Tony Stark's funeral. They told everyone it was a wedding. Yeah. They it wasn't just him. They told everyone. Oh, man, that's messed up. <laughs> that is messed They're up. They're so mean. Because that's what's great is like people like Tom are like, well, where's Robert? Like everyone else is here. We just need to pray for the <laughs> actors and actresses that are being emotionally abused <laughs> in Hollywood. Stuff, <laughs> the stuff they go through. I mean, but oh, that would mess with me. But to be fair, how many things have gotten leaked in the past? I mean, accidentally in interviews. Robert Downey Mark Jr. was Ruffalo. the only <laughs> one who was allowed to like read the entire script through. Benedict Cumberbatch too. Oh, really? At I least for Infinity War. Okay. I don't know if he did for Endgame, but for Infinity War, because he said in an interview once that they gave most people the option, but it was, you had to sit in a room, door locked, the script was like, not allowed to leave that room. Couldn't bring your phone in, or it was like very much like, and most people were like, it's not, it's not worth it then. <laughs> I don't want to sit here for hours reading this script. Mm-hmm. But, like, Benedict, being a good British person he is, is like, I read Shakespeare for fun. I'm going to sit and read this. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Oh, yeah. He's excellent. He's great. Especially as the character of Doctor Strange. I just think he's a really cool character. He's another person who's really good at playing a crazy genius. Yes. Wicked smart. If you haven't seen Benedict Cumberbatch in Sherlock Holmes, or just the, Sher- the just show Sherlock. Sherlock, yes. But his character is amazing. How fast he talks is, mm-hmm. man, blows me away. Yeah, another good one. He plays um, Thomas Edison in The Current War. I've heard of it. It's actually really good. It's it's a historical piece. Okay. Um. It makes me wish I remembered more history. Yeah. For me to understand stuff. It had a very open ending and I didn't like it, but history is an open ending. Yeah. Because it keeps going. It keeps going. 
yeah, it was a very odd ending to that movie. But that's another f- where he plays the genius. Um, the Intimidation Game is another one I've where he plays the genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really good at playing a genius. Man, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, for the you're just a genius. He can't say penguin. <laughs> he can be a genius. <laughs> that was awesome. I don't know what show Graham he was Norton on. Show. You, what? The Graham Norton show. Yes. And <laughs> How did he say it? He said it wrong every time, and he said it wrong a different way every time. He's like penguin. I I can't even. I don't. I can, I can't. How do you mess up penguin? Penguin. Pen- now I just want to mess it up. Penguin. Penguin. I, I think he was pronouncing different parts. Hmm. Penguin. There we go. See, if I don't think about it, penguin. I'm not worried about it. Penguin. See, not a problem. Say, see an enemy. See an enemy. An 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 enemy. This is like doing a warm up at the end of your show. Aw, you guys made me ink. I love <laughs> Finding Nemo. That is a great movie. Uh, um, but there were also some other fun facts that I learned. Give me a second. Had it in my notes. Have you seen the video that has gone viral of the recording of Captain America wielding Thor's hammer and the crowd going wild? No. You haven't seen it? No. So I just went wild. <laughs> I Kevin Feige shared it. It was like a, a, a theater's reaction to when Captain America got Thor's hammer and used it and fought with it. Um, I feel like every theater I was in just like... Just erupted. Because everyone was so like, yeah. I, when I went, it was like a mini Comic-Con. Everyone was dressed up, and it was... I love that. I've never experienced something like it. I've never been to Comic-Con. I've never dressed up for stuff. When we went, like, the reactions in the whole movie, like, during the whole movie, the, the portal scene is always going to be my favorite. Mm. It's my favorite track that Alan Silvestri composed. Like, yeah. But... I don't like the name of the title. No? The track itself is called Portals. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's a very apt name. Mm-hmm. But I could think of so many cooler names for it. Yeah. He could have called it Assemble. Ooh. Like, wouldn't have that been just, yeah. Um, we'll call it Assemble from now on because we'll I think that's assemble. awesome. Right? Come on, Alan. <laughs> Get your head out of the Back to Future musical and think about naming <laughs> titles correctly. Uh, um, hi, yeah, his work on the score was just phenomenal. Oh, man. Like, there's so many different musical styles he incorporated in different moments. Yeah. Um, but going back, so the portal scene, like, it was so quiet because, you know, Steve is lying on the ground defeated all by himself. Mm. And Thanos is like, basically laughing at him and taunting him and he stands up he's just very (sighs) like the shield is broke he throws it off and all of a sudden you hear sam wilson be like hey on your left and and the crowd just froze the theater just froze they're like so good what and then you just you see the orange portal open and everyone's like oh my gosh what's happening and then more start and as that people start as, as people scene. start walking out the the the, theor- the claps and the cheers just started and then what really got everyone was when Spider-Man swung out when Spider-Man swung out and that camera came up close on him the whole theater like just erupted just oh yeah 
like clapping and, and celebration. So good. That was like the first like big moment that the crowd got so into. And then and then the hammer scene, literally everyone jumped to their feet. I left to my feet. Like we were all just like, yeah, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. How can you not get into it? There's no, no. way. Um, yeah. And so the whole the whole big battle there was not a quiet person <laughs> like the only time it was quiet was when people were talking in the movie mm-hmm. um but like another big reaction was the big women of marvel scene Ooh. all coming around peter parker epic oh my gosh that's like the best scene ever i yeah it's that was so super cool so great there are some really great like i feel like from black panther onward there was some pretty great like big female power movements definitely like in infinity war when mm-hmm. wanda's fighting by herself yeah and then the and the the evil girl is like something something like you're all alone or whatever mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the black widow and okoye jump in and she's like she's not alone and it's just like that it was one of those moments mm-hmm. but like that was another one that the crowd just completely erupted um and then of course the the end final snap there oh man there was not a quiet or dried eye in the theater mm. at all i sobbed like a baby and i know we have made a big jump in the storyline we started at the beginning and we just jumped to the last i know hour. we didn't even go into the middle we missed the first two hours of the movie the first <laughs> the, the middle hour and a half well there's a lot to there's, digest it's three in that. hours it's also a i did the time the two-hour mark was after the Hulk snapped. Oh, my word. So, we could have had a happy ending. What? Mm-hmm. After the Hulk snapped. And it would have been a full-length movie. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> Thank you, Russo Brothers. You really just took our hearts so and crushed it. it. Drew There's us in and just stabbed us there were so many great moments in that last hour mm-hmm. but so many just in the heart mm-hmm. moments um let's go back to the beginning and <laughs> kind of follow the movie before we get into all the ending stuff for sure yeah because we got to talk about my reaction at the end because and i made mine. the mistake of seeing it by myself uh yeah so we can talk about that at the end but yes um i no. so yeah so that beginning the confrontation scene between iron man and cap purely impromptu so great i think it shows the acting of everyone there like how great of actors Mm -hmm. and how great of a cast was put together absolutely um also it's good to note they filmed infinity war and endgame at the same time it was a continuation film. Oh, that's cool. So they filmed all of it in one summer. Give nice. Or take a cu- like, give or take some time. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. A lot of takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, I think that's how they got away with even some of the secrets being kept. Yeah. So for, like, everyone who did get dusted, when they came back, they were already on set from the first movie. And so... There was a lot, like, I think it, I think it helped in that sense for them to keep secrets. Yeah. Of, because they didn't even tell people who was dying. Mm-hmm. Like, 
a lot of the actors who did die, who got dusted, were pretty good at guessing, like, based on what they were being told to do. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, Sebastian, I need you to, like, slowly fall onto this mat out of the camera frame and just kind of, like, just quietly say Steve. And he's like, am I, am I one of the ones dying? It's like, go talk to the other Russo. Okay. Are you one of the chosen? Right, and then and then it's like and he and he said he kept getting thrown back and forth and like no one was giving him an answer. But he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm one of the ones that's dying. <laughs> so Man. like they weren't even telling people in Infinity War. Wow. Um, but I think it got pretty obvious as they were going through and filming both of them at once. Hmm. Uh. But yeah, so it was a continuation filming, and so it was yeah it was such a great cast put together. Definitely. Man, just an epic storyline. Mm-hmm. And so let me go back to Captain America and Tony Stark real quick, because I love Captain America and I love Tony Stark. And I think Tony had every right to be mad and angry because he was right. <laughs> but Captain America, I understand what. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just I know that he has like the best intentions for the greater good but in a way it's kind of selfish how he tried to like get tony to like go for it because he just kept pushing and pushing because like he didn't even take into consideration that he'd be giving up really like his life and not only just his life but his daughter like well and having a father they didn't 100 percent push mm-hmm I think Scott pushed more than anyone. Yeah. But it's because he didn't have the five years to come to acceptance. That is a really he good point. He was experiencing what they all experienced five years prior. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that five years of acceptance mm-hmm. to deal with it. And I think that plays a big part in it. Because if you notice, like, he's the one that keeps pushing and keeps pushing. The other, like, Natasha and Steve both are like, we have a chance. And, but they also respect that Tony has what he always wanted. Yeah. And, yeah, let's just talk about that cabin. Like, that whole, it's mm. all so good. Have you watched the deleted scenes? No, I haven't. Uh, They're on Disney+. Plus. Okay. There's a deleted scene that happens at the cabin before they arrive, where mm. it's just Tony and Pepper in the kitchen, and he's about to go get Morgan. And it's just so adorable. Aww. It's such a sweet moment of happiness hmm. of them finally being happy for once in their lives. That's sweet. Yeah, it's it's so adorable. Um, but all the whole cabin just any and this is what I really like about Alan Silvestri's composing is that track underneath that scene is so warm and inviting. Hmm. It's a very warm and inviting piece of music that adds to it. Um, if you watch the deleted scene, you meet Gerald the alpaca. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 90% sure that's actually just one of Robert Downey Jr.'s alpacas he brought to set one time. No way. Robert, you astound me. He has like a full farm, man. Man. It's so funny. That's neat. Um, But it's a very sweet scene. And so, yeah. So then Scott was really the only one pushed, like the main one he was pushing in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I roped in Captain America into that because I feel like he's pushed so much in the he's past. He's always pushed. And so I kind of felt like 
he even though he wasn't the one that's most vocal because he was still there i affiliate his him with yes that. his presence yes kind of and i think me. that was the point yes because obviously but they couldn't have done it without tony right and and they show that by bringing bruce back and trying to get him which i was not a fan of professor hulk Nah. I was not a fan. I wanted more Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, but I think it was funny. <laughs> it was definitely goofy. The diner was really cringy. Oh. It was so cringy. But when the kids come up and they're like That's the cringy part. Ugh. Well the whole thing. Anything honestly in Weren't they one of the Russo brothers' kids or something like that? I have no idea. I do know the one boy was the one from in Captain America too. Oh really? From the museum. Oh <gasps> the one that like when Steve is sitting there with the hat and mm-hmm. he's like realizes that it's Captain America, it's that kid. Oh, that's I don't, I don't, I, but I don't know who they are. Gotcha. I think, I think I read something about it that they're one of the director's kids. So yeah. <laughs> that's what maybe, I, I mean, it makes sense, you mm-hmm. know, if they're there, do it for sure. I mean, um, yeah. The, and then the whole Hulk doing time travel, throwing Scott in there. That's a funny moment. Man. It's a very funny moment. <laughs> He's a baby. He'll grow. <laughs> when he... <laughs> time travel. <laughs> the scene that... Um, the potty humor got me when um, he was talking about who peed his suit. Oh, yeah. It, he's like, was it older me? Was it baby me? Or maybe was just... Mimi. Mimi. <laughs> Mimi. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, Paul Rudd. He, I feel like his, the Ant Man movies are so underrated. They actually are. They're some of my favorites. They're so funny. And also, really love that they have a character in there named Hope. I think that's, that's awesome. True. That's true. Yeah, Hope's in there. I'm just like, what? And she kills it. She does. She's so freaking cool. Gotta just say, she does a great job. Evangeline mm. Lily. I don't know. I think it's her name. Fact check me. Yep, Evangeline Lily. Booyah. She's great. Yeah, and then Tony figuring out time travel from his picture with Peter. So adorable. Oh, wait. That's the part where um he's doing the dishes. I'm totally blanking on that part. It's the whole I love you 3000 scene. Oh. I I'm like totally so, blanking. Okay, so. so the um it's before Hulk doing time travel. Okay. So like they kept going back and forth. So they showed up at Tony's cabin, asked him to do it, Tony turned him down. Yeah. It jumps to finding a bigger brain, quote unquote bigger brain. The diner scene with the Hulk. Yeah. Then it jumps back to Tony's cabin and Tony's doing the dishes after dinner. I remember that. And he splashes water everywhere, and he goes to clean it up. And first you see a picture of his dad. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. And then um, he and then he picks, he picks cleans off a picture that it's him and Peter Aww. being funny and goofy holding an inter- internship certificate, but it's okay. upside down. <laughs> Do you remember this? I don't remember this. And, uh, oh, man, because I stayed up really late. Last night watching it? Yeah, I yeah. did. I was up super late 
and but then I got sort of tired towards one part, so I paused it, and then I started watching it when I woke up again. Mm-hmm. And so I, m- it might have been around that area <laughs> that I right. was either falling asleep or waking up, but I wanted to watch all of it. So yeah, it's it's a lot to do at once. Um, not a shame. There are moments that I skip through. <laughs> well, you've seen it how many times? Um. Four or five times. Four or five times. Yeah. So I that think so. But most of those I saw in the theater. Gotcha. I haven't gotten myself to watch the whole movie. I vaguely since it came out on DVD. Gotcha. I vaguely remember the Peter Parker picture. Yeah. So that's like. But, but that makes sense. But the big thing with it is the reason he figures out the time travel is he inverts the um s- the strip. He inverses the strip, meaning he turns it upside down. And so he got that inspiration because in the picture, they're holding their certificate oh. upside down. Oh. So not only is he the, the inspir, the, the, uh, um, what's the word? The determining factor to push Tony to actually try to figure it out. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he sees the picture, he's like, oh, it's Peter. Like, this is why, this is why we need to do this. But it's also... He's the inspiration behind actually solving time travel mm-hmm. because of how they were holding the certificate. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so... So when we know that, going back to Captain America and Tony Stark, it actually kind of makes you be grateful for people like Captain America who will push and push and push mm-hmm. because there's only one person who can really do the job. Right. And so that's Tony Stark. Right. Yeah, um... But that's also the scene where, like, Morgan sees him. Mm. It's just adorable. Especially when you think back to, like, Iron Man 2, where you see in the videos when Tony, as a kid, interrupts his dad, he gets yelled at and taken away. Mm -hmm. When Morgan interrupts Tony, it's just he stops what he's doing and, like, brings her an ice pop and, like, spends time with her. It is so adorable. I love that. Mm -hmm. Just another example of how he adopts everyone. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, that's a... Such a good conversation. I love that conversation about how Tony Stark does that. He just adopts everyone. Yeah. Yep. I'd never thought about it that way until you mentioned it. But yeah, exactly. We got Harley Keener, Peter Parker, Morgan Stark, even Nebula. That's something that we didn't talk about at the beginning when they're on the spaceship. Like it's a very heartbreaking sequence of scenes. Yeah. But at the same time, he got Nebula to smile and play a game. That was really cool. Instead of a half robot killer that her adopted dad turned her into. Mm-hmm. That she has been for three or four movies. Mm-hmm. She's now like, he's making her not a robot anymore. Yeah. Reminding her what it's like to actually be a living person. Even though she's an alien. Yeah. The whole paper football. I know. I was just so like. so adorable. Aww. And then she wins and he's like, do you have fun? And like she like she she couldn't grasp the concept of mm-hmm. nothing's happening to him because he lost. Yeah. Like that was a very it's a very sweet moment of another moment of him being a dad. Mm-hmm. And then her like making him eat more rations. Mm-hmm. And whenever he tried to share the food with her, and she's like, "No, you eat it." Like, it's a very adorable give and take. Yeah. Between them. Um. Yeah. That is a really cool part. And then the the Etron car scene. It's when he drives up to the 
compounds. Oh man, that car is anytime a beautiful car. That was really it is a great a scene too. Very very glorious car, and uh, you're talking about the scene and the people, and I'm just like I just want the car. It's <laughs> that Etron man is so. If anyone is wanting to donate a car to Drew, you know what it is. Audi e-tron. Noted. Black car, not the SUV. <laughs> Please. Uh, yeah, there's there's so many, so many good things in this movie. Um, there's so many things that I enjoyed about the movie. Like Infinity War was just two hours of stress. Yeah. And anxiety. For sure. Infinity War was a battle the entire time. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's what it was. There was a couple fun moments in it, but it was just all one giant war. In this one, they had the breathing room to make it fun. Yeah. Um. In my opinion, especially because like it was, it is the final film for the original six. Like you know, for the original teams, for the original team, and not even just the original six, but you have like Rhodey, um, Nebula's added in because she's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for the original group of people, this is their last time. That's so true. E- even if they didn't die, mm-hmm. like, because half of them didn't die, but even even then, like, it's still the last time they're all going to be together. And so they had the room to make that a great movie for them. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Hawkeye and Black Widow. <sighs> I know. That broke my heart. I know. I love Jeremy Renner, though. Jeremy Renner is Hawkeye. It's yeah. great. He's awesome. And... I love how much the cast roasted the haircut. That's funny. I didn't know that they roasted th- that. Oh, they roasted the haircut so much. I thought it was pretty cool. Just I, I like thought it was great, but you can think something's great and still roast it. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> and a tattoo sleeve. True. Like, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, but their friendship has always been so cool mm-hmm. to me. But wow. The m- them continuously fighting to let go of the other person that was one of the moments i cried oh that was hard so i cried at the very opening scene mm-hmm. i didn't really cry i like teared up at the opening scene yeah. at hawkeye's farm mm-hmm. when all of his because that he was the one person you didn't see be affected by the 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 snap you didn't see who in his family got dusted or not because yeah. even at the end of ant-man and the wasp you found out that scott survived but the others got dusted yeah so by the time endgame came around Hawkeye was really the only one that we had no idea who it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like, that scene, the second I saw the ankle bracelet, it's like, oh, no, this is where they die. Mm. Come on, don't do this. And it and just the way, yeah. And so that made me tear up. And then on Vormir, or no, not Vormir. Yeah, no, that's not the time. Yes, it is. Is it the planet or? The one for the soul stone. Isn't that Vormir? Fact check it. I know. Yes, it is Vormir. Booyah by Drew. Boom. Uh, yes. I don't know how I feel about having all these just random useless facts in my head. <laughs> I don't know if they're necessarily useless. I mean, to it's day-to-day a lot day of life. It's a lot of information. It is a lot of information. It's a lot to process. It's a lot to digest. And just imagine how much other more useful information <laughs> could be taken up that spot anyways but yeah that scene in vormir just like made me cry like it uh i couldn't do it yeah Ugh. 
And the fact that they couldn't bring her back. I is know. Because part of me is like sad about it, but then I'm like, oh, they can bring well, her back. Well, don't you think? I feel like he returned the stones. Her life is not needed. Her her sacrifice wasn't needed anymore. I feel like they could have brought her back. I know. And so I am confused with why they mm-hmm. didn't. But I do want to say there have been shots from the Black Widow trailers and stuff mm-hmm. that look like they tie into Endgame, even though Black Widow takes place after Civil War, but before Infinity War. Mm. Okay. So there's some time interesting time jumps i'm curious to see how they'll how they'll uh put that together mm-hmm. yeah mm. i love black widow she's one of my favorite characters just because she's so, so she's just cool oh she's so cool oh man all the way from iron man too oh yeah her all even all the way black back in black widow <laughs> back in iron man too like she was so cool mm-hmm uh, yeah. I just remember, m- this might have been in Civil War, but it was when she was tied to the chair. It's Avengers. Oh, it was Avengers. See, it's her first, her I'm so first glad. shot in Avengers. I'm so glad you know that because it was my favorite scene. She's just such a boss. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I could talk about how cool I think she is oh, she's forever. Great. Like, leading them on thinking they have the upper hand. Yeah. Being the di- on a phone call and kicking their butts. And also the dynamic between her and her friendship with Captain America. Mm-hmm. I don't know about anybody else, but I've always been like is there like kind of a of a there romantic chemistry there cuz There should have been, but instead they decided to play at her and Bruce Banner, Man. which felt really awkward and forced. I don't know why they chose that. There was obviously a connection during Civil War. Well, there was a connection. Even before, maybe. So it started in Captain America 2. Because mm-hmm. that's when her and him went off the grid. And at one point, they even had to play as a couple for a while. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I definitely think there was more of a connection between her and Cap. But, oh well. I get it. Cap was committed to the love of his life. Mm-hmm. That he just couldn't get over. I know. He was stuck in the past. I will admit, I am hardcore Iron Man fan. If I had to choose between the two, it's always going to be Iron Man, never Captain America. Yeah. But I don't, I will admit they don't give him character development justice. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on there. He's from World War II. Mm-hmm. He was frozen for 70 years. Mm-hmm. And is now expected to act completely normal in the modern world. Yeah. There's a lot going on there that they never gave him time to develop or work through. Yeah. So I think that plays into Civil War and him holding on to the past. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about right now. <laughs> Back to Endgame. Let's talk about Thanos and his godlike complex. He really just freaks me out, though. I won't lie. I like, know. the idea of him. The, I, I. Man. This is the nine in me coming out, the peacemaker, of okay. always seeing both sides. For sure. But I get the very base reasoning is he wants to try to save people. Yeah. In the sense of there are so, it's such overpopulated. He's trying to balance that back out. Mm-hmm. 
and the the thought is good mm-hmm. the in, the intention is good yeah the execution is horrible yeah absolutely horrible but i can see the good intention all the way all the way down deep for sure but like also it's like who gave you thanos the power <laughs> right who, who gave you the authority to, to play come to judge the jury and executioner yeah like yeah where did that even come from so mm-hmm. just kind of one of those things where it's yeah. not always your responsibility right to control what you think is a mess yeah yeah thanos is definitely someone i never want to experience yeah Mm. part i'm trying to even think of somebody that i could like compare him to there's no one there's no one that's Mm -mm. mm -mm. it was just weird with the godlike aspects of it do you want to talk about thor and his oh my gosh thor oh yeah so did you know that he actually fought to have uh-huh. his character? He you wanted it. He wanted. He They brought it up to him as a, like a passing idea. And he was like, yes. And then they wanted to get rid of it. And he was like, no, don't get rid of it. Yeah. So um, for those of you who didn't know um, that Thor ends up kind of um, spiraling out of control a little bit. His character is literally called Fat Thor. Let's be honest. Let's be real. We all... If you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about. You've probably seen the memes on Facebook. Don't listen to this podcast if you haven't seen the movie, by the way. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> why would you do that? Bad idea. Um, but yeah, Chris um, fought Hems- to Hemsworth. keep the weight for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, some fans actually accused the filmmakers of fat shaming because but it of wasn't. No, it was the writers came forward and they were saying that it was about his emotional state, not about his weight. Correct. The the physical weight was the um, outcome of the way that he was dealing with his mental health and his PTSD. And mm-hmm. that's why Chris liked it. And that's why Chris fought to keep after like before they went into battle when he called his armor. Like that's why he fought to keep himself to keep the character fat in those moments because um, because he wanted to he wanted to show that just because you overcome your PTSD or your or or you're working through your mental health issues and you're working through it and making successful progress mm-hmm. doesn't automatically mean that everything is fixed. Yeah. And he wanted to show that by still showing Thor as being fat and overweight, but he was better yeah. mentally. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there was definitely no fat shaming. It was all very, um, uh, what's the word? Metaphorical. Yeah, definitely. It was very intentional and very metaphorical, and I thought it was really cool of him to do. I will say I was a little disappointed. Because <laughs> um, who doesn't? Like, Chris Hemsworth is just a killer. He really is. Yeah. Man. Um, there are moments where you can totally tell it's CGI'd. Oh, oh my it's gosh, yeah. So funny. You're like, that's too much. Right, and he does wear a bodysuit, but what's, and is this is great, is he got injured from the bodysuit. Oh my Like, the word. weight of it at one point, like, tweaked his back. <gasps> yeah. Oh, poor Chris. Know, right? Once again, guys, we just need to lift up our actors and actresses. 
for the abuse that they suffered (laughs) (laughs) as they roll in their millions and millions of dollars. I know. It's so horrible. It's okay. You can use all the money you made from the movie on your chiropractor bills. Exactly. You're You're totally fine. Uh, But yeah, no, I really liked that he fought to keep that, to to show that everyone deals with mental health differently. Mm -hmm. And it's not automatically fixed when you start to fix yourself. Yeah. Baby steps. Yeah, it is baby steps. It takes progress. Now, the real question is, is in Thor 3... And Guardians of the Galaxy 3, whichever ones he's in. Because he's confirmed to be in Thor Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. The question is, is is he still going to be Fat Thor on screen? Oh. Or is he going to work on it off screen? That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to find that out. I know, That'll be I'm excited. So yeah, I really like that he fought to keep that concept in. I also really love... Okay, I know I'm, I'm trying not to skip to the end... Yeah. But the scenes that he has with um, Chris Pratt, oh my gosh, are in so the spaceship. They're so so good. good. We all know who the leader is here, and Thor's just like, of course, of course, oh, of, of course. course. The puppy dog of eyes he does, of course. Yes, the condescending puppy dog eyes. Oh, it's so good. Man. <laughs> it's so great. Man, I cannot wait to see them together in a like. Yeah, it's going to be so good. I also love how Chris Pratt, basically, besides that scene with Thor, the one thing that he really did was just dance and spin around in a circle. I know. Listening to music. Yep. How much did they pay him for that one scene? I would love to know. <laughs> Way too much. Uh, I mean, he was in other stuff. <laughs> anyway, that's just one of the like, scenes I appreciate. Yes. Also, because, was it Falcon? Rody. Rody, Rody was looking at him, and and he and you can he didn't say this, but he you can tell he's like, oh my gosh, it's another idiot. Yeah, like that's just, like, just his face is like, why do I have to deal with all these idiots? Yeah, he's like, oh, and he's been making those faces since Iron Man too. For sure, yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I have my own idiot. Why do I have to deal with these ones? It's like, come on. He's like, is there anybody out there? Is anyone smart? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Doctor Strange for him is a breath of fresh air, but at the same time, maybe a little... Well, I feel like that one is more of, oh my gosh, it's Tony before Afghanistan. (laughs) Accurate. It's another one. He's like, oh, great. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So much. I just can't get over the fact that they told Tom Holland that it was... A wedding. A wedding. They told it to, like, they told it to a lot of them. And then they filmed five different endings. And what's so funny is they did that intentionally to stop spoilers from leaking. But Mark Ruffalo still spoiled part of the ending. Oh, no, he did. In an interview. Unintentionally. But it was him and Chris Evans and um, Karen Gilligan? Gilligan? Let's call her Gilligan. The Irish one. Or Scottish. I don't Karen. We're just going to call her Karen. <laughs> hey, Karen. Because this is, I don't want to offend her anymore. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, they were doing an interview, and they were talking about, like, the different endings. Because, you know, Mark Ruffalo spoiled Infinity War. And that's why Don Cheadle won't do press with him anymore. Nice. Um, and so, they were they brought that interview up. And so he's like, yeah, for this one, they didn't tell us 
what was going on. They f- We shot five different endings, and we don't know which ones they're picking. And then he points to Chris. He's like, this guy gets married in one of them. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> that's hilarious. But at I the know. same time, like, that's. <laughs> so that was literally. So the first time I watched Endgame, I was still bawling like a baby. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it was over, that was the first words out of my mouth were, well, Mark Ruffalo still spoiled the ending. <laughs> As so I was good. bawling like a baby because my favorite person, my favorite character ever died. Yeah. That really. Still had time. I really had to deal with that because, okay, remember, I had gone to see this alone. Yeah. No one had warned me. I had been really good. I'd have, I've avoided all spoilers and I go and I am the, I'm just bawling by myself, mm-hmm. which was kind of nice because, you know, I'm. I do cry, but I'm not a fan about, like, crying in front of people. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like everyone just kind of doesn't like to cry in front of people. It's just kind of like, excuse oh me, yeah. please Who don't look at me right now. Oh, yeah, crying in front of people? Exactly. And so, afterwards, I was emotionally a mess. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, they just killed Black Widow. They just killed Tony Stark. And that was an epic death. It was great, and it was so fitting. But still, like, it hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. And I go to Culver's afterwards, and I'm still a mess. And I walk in. They're like, oh, how's your night? And I'm like, I just saw Endgame. And she's <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Are you okay? And I said, no, I'm not. She's like, well, if you need anything, we are right here for you. I said, thank you. And then I went amazing. and I ate my burger in sadness. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm trying to find... Nobody warned me. It was so sad. Yeah, no. Well, I had no warning because I saw it opening night. Yeah. Um, Mess. I'm trying to find this post I saw on Instagram. It's, it's talking about, like, the reason people get so upset over fictional characters. And it's from, like, a legit, like, psychologist explaining it. Here we go. This this is from a clinical psychologist. Their explanation about why people like fall in love with and react to fictional characters. Oh boy. Uh, Our brains don't know these characters are fictional. I mean, they do kind of. We know on the outside, but our temporal lobe just registers that we recognize their face and that we feel deeply for them. Our brains release dopamine and adrenaline because of it. There's no different kind of dopamine or adrenaline for fictional people versus real ones. Scientifically, it's the same. Of course you feel deeply for them. Of course you do. There's no reason why you wouldn't. You know intimate details about them and have brought they have, that have brought you closer emotionally in the same way you learn intimate details about your friends. You empathize with them the same way you would with a person you can touch. But it's like the reaction, you're still, your brains don't realize you're creating a relationship or a connection with someone fake. So Whoa. I think that's why, that's why like it hit everyone so hard. Wow. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And it's why people get affected so much when they read books and their favorite character dies or wow. they see something happen to their favorite character in a movie. Mm-hmm. Scientifically, like your brains don't know a difference. Man, that's wild. Mm-hmm. The human brain is so complex. It's crazy. It's so crazy. So what really had gotten me wasn't even like him actually dying. It was thinking about everyone else after that. Mm. like 
the idea of even though it's fake the idea of morgan growing up without a dad yeah but knowing everything about him mm-hmm wow like pepper finally being like you can rest like this is this is the one oh. thing so the one thing robert or not robert the one thing tony was afraid of was dying in space mm-hmm. pepper's biggest fear was tony dying from being iron man hmm. and so and that's what happened and Man. so watching her come to peace with it and having to live through her biggest fear mm-hmm. is what got me. Wow. Like, yeah. And so, like, like thinking about the, the people left yeah. is what really made it, like, for me. More than actually, more than Tony actually dying. See, that's the little details like that that mm-hmm. are huge. Because, like, how they end up facing their fears and having to cope with that, but also, like, how they manifested mm-hmm. and became a reality. Mm-hmm. Whoa. It's almost like, I don't know if the creators were, like, I want to give them credit and say that I bet that they were probably thinking about that before, um, before it even, like, right. started. But I don't know. And so, man, I just love those details. Yeah, it's it's all about it's all in the details. Mm-hmm. All right, so wrapping up Endgame. Yeah, wrapping up Endgame. I will like bringing closure to Endgame is what Far From Home did. Yes, for sure. Yeah, so that's that's Endgame. Yeah. Anything else to add? Oh. <sighs> Man, Endgame was an emotional roller coaster because roller coaster. they made everything possible, but also they made it oh. clear what things they thought were impossible. I'll tell you what I enjoyed. Okay. The them going back to 2012. Mm-hmm. F- one of my favorite moments. They left that place so chaotic. <laughs> Loki escapes. Oh, that was a mess. Tony had a heart attack. <laughs> Uh, oh. Captain America saw himself and knows that Bucky's alive. Hydra thinks Captain America's part of them. Oh man, so good. Did you catch the uh, um, the the parallel of Captain America being in the elevator in Endgame with all of them? The parallel of that to the elevator scene in in the Winter Soldier. Ooh. Did you catch that? Yeah, because um, it was almost the exact setup. It was incredible. I was like, and you could t- and down to like everyone starting to unholster their guns. Yeah, it was excellent. Oh, it was so great. And then just the way he he leaned into Sitwell's ear and yelled and whispered, "Hail Hydra!" And then just walks away <laughs> with a smirk. Oh, it was so good. It's so great. My favorite part was when Tony was like walking away with the briefcase, all like swag and stuff mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the Hulk just, just knocks him out ruins it too and many that's stairs that's why you shouldn't tell Hulk to take the stairs too many stairs Mm-mm. or just the general of him giving himself a heart attack and not even blinking yeah he doesn't move he's just like someone help <laughs> hey someone help this guy <laughs> 
Like, he just doesn't care. Like, he's very emotionally detached from himself in that moment. He has always been emotionally detached to himself. (laughs) (laughs) So, back to Endgame. Yes. Um, The other scene I really liked was them trying to figure out what timelines to go to. Yeah. Like, Tony, Natasha, and the Hulk laying there with notebooks all around, laying on the table with takeout. Yeah. And them discussing stuff is such a callback to college. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like this I love 100%. that scene. Oh, it's so <laughs> I loved that whole section after Tony arrives at the compound and they start working on it. Like that whole time is just very happy fun camaraderie. Mhm. Like Ant-Man with the tacos. I love the tacos. So that was good and mm. Uh yeah. And then and then after their group went to 2012, um, and they they just completely left it in disarray. Mm-hmm. And in reality, the Hulk was the only one who did stuff right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> He's the only one who succeeded. Way to be. Like, good job. But the, when Tony and Cap went back to, even back further to 1970. Mm-hmm. And going back to the army base, that mm-hmm. I enjoyed that one too. Yeah. So there's a lot there. So cool, man. Endgame was just an excellent masterpiece, like you said. It's a cinematic masterpiece. There is stuff in it that I don't agree with. Yeah. But I feel like that's in every movie, though. On that note, any last words? Uh, thank you for everyone who. Listened to all of this, and if you have any thoughts, hit me up at uh, moviesandmocus20 at gmail.com. Um, yeah, Avengers assemble. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. And if you have any movie facts or questions you want to add, send us an email at moviesandmocus20 at gmail.com. Or if you have any movie suggestions you want to add to our list, let us know what you want us to talk about. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just look for the Movies and Mocus podcast. Have a great day, guys.